This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. You've found the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and joined in studio with me by my beautiful wife, Paula, today. Ladies, we started this program out as especially for you, and mostly men call, but if you need any encouragement, have any questions for uh, Paula, uh, just give us a phone call. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, it's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. Remember, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's your day. It is, right? What's on your heart? Well, first thing I want to do is uh, rejoice and yet ask for prayer because Austin Henry, one of our young men who joined the military, is finally supposed to be leaving Korea today to come back home to us. And so... um, Please let there be, right, in fact, at 4 o'clock he was supposed to be leaving from there. 4 o'clock our time? Yep. Okay. And and on his way home, and so, Lord, please. Do you think he can get the radio show (laughs) on (laughs) Korean Airlines? That poor baby. He's probably just so excited to be on a plane coming home. He's not thinking about anything. Yeah, now he got caught up in all the COVID stuff, and he was supposed to be home a long time ago. Yep. And it, they just sort of been dragging out and dragging delay, out. Delay, so delay, delay. I saw a real happy mom when I walked into the mm-hmm. studio today. So yeah. I got to tell her congratulations. Yes. And so, so we'll be praying for Austin to get home quickly, safely, and and um, unjet-lagged. Yes. Having been away from us in the military, all that discipline and whatever else they do with the kids, I wonder what he looks like. I bet he has a deeper voice, and I mean, you know, just you just never know. I, I, but I let's get bet. Do you think he has tattoos? No, maybe uh, maybe one. I I, I, I would bet you think he does. He does? Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, that's kind of a rite of passage. They go away, and yeah. it's like yeah. I got a paycheck, nowhere to spend it. I'm in Korea, so, <laughs> so why not? Huh? Yeah. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. We've missed him. It'll be good to see him again. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, yeah, the producer's saying he'll come in with a swag, you know. Yeah, he'll probably come in, like you saying, Ron, jet-lagged, and we'll get the swag next week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was thinking how encouraging it was um, on the 4th, whatever day that was, uh, last Friday or two Fridays ago, last Friday, um, talking about the masterpiece you know that we are God's masterpiece in Ephesians I, two eight through ten. Mm-hmm, I did that study, mm-hmm. and in verse ten, I have this one circled and starred. It says, "Who I am, what I am, where I am, is exactly what the Lord has designed." So walk by faith in who He's made you to be. And, and my mind thinks says, "So walk by faith in who I've made you to be." Paula, stay on the Potter's wheel. And uh, I just thought that was incredibly encouraging because so many people are not content with who they are. You know, um, I'm not a road scholar or I'm not tall, um, thin. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the one uh, prettiest, uh, whatever. Um, 
And so to hear that we're exactly who God has made us was very encouraging. And then what I am, you know, some are, <laughs> some need to look in the mirror naked and I'm a girl or I'm a guy and be that. Some people aren't satisfied with what they are. Um, and that could be um, a teacher or a janitor or a mom or a wife or a brother or sister, whatever. Some Too many people aren't satisfied or content with, with who they are. And a whole lot of people are not really satisfied with where they are, you know. Um, we have quite a few who come by because, you know, they're military and they didn't want to be stationed in San Antonio. They want rather have Hawaii and, I mean, in a way, kind of who wouldn't. <laughs> um, but just not content with who they are, what they are, and where they are, and um, kind of have a little chip on their shoulder instead of just taking a deep breath and saying, like we heard a program earlier, Lord, I surrender to whoever you've made me, whatever I happen to be. <laughs> My friend and I were talking the other day, you know, because I'm the senior pastor's wife. <laughs> it's a title that comes with age. Huh? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. that's right. But that I'm a pastor's wife at all uh, used to really, I would shake my head. Uh, you know, you know that I freaked out right away because uh, you were in Bible college and I wasn't. You were being taught um, every day uh, how to be a pastor, um, the word in a deeper um, way than ever, and I wasn't. And so when you graduated, when they announced that you were going to graduate early, I really freaked out, thinking, oh, my goodness, he's the pastor. What kind of expectations uh, will be put on me? And I was starting to put on expectations, not even knowing what those were and which made it worse. Um, but I'm supposed to be who I am, what I am, and the where I am is wherever you go. And so when the Lord said, you know, March 4th, 1994, San Antonio, though I had a few issues with that, <laughs> sorry. Your capacity for understatement is is wonderful. I love that. Mm -hmm. but see, I had an issue. Yeah, I had, I had a little issue yeah. with it, but... You know, Excuse me. I've been saved longer than you. I thought God would tell me. <laughs> okay, Pastor Ron. Everybody knows that story already. But anyway, yeah. So uh, to just, Paula, to hear that again, to just walk by faith in who I've made you to be and just stay on the partner's wheel, that the work that God has in continually uh, refining me and remaking, and not, not just me. I don't want to just make it me. I want to encourage everybody else. He doesn't leave us the same. Um, and he's always in the process of making us more like Jesus. But the one thing is being content with who you are, what you are, and where you are. And, and let me add another W, when. When we are. We are. See, I, and I think this is what a lot of us as Christians, we, we sort of lose sight of. Uh, when, when when you started freaking out about being a pastor's wife, you were not yet a pastor's wife. You were called to be. I was called to be a pastor, but it was just at that point where God had you on the potter's wheel, and and you're projecting. I got to get off the wheel. I got to get through it because mm -hmm. I'm not ready for this. Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 idea of a potter's wheel is so uh, wonderful a picture. Um, we're on the wheel, we're being shaped and molded by his hands into who we're going to be. And that word for workmanship in, in Ephesians 2.10 is poema. And we're his expression of beauty, we're his work of art, uh, his creative genius. Mm -hmm. And he had you on the potter's wheel at that moment, and he had his hands on you, and he was shaping and molding, and sometimes he'd slow it down a little bit, sometimes he'd speed it up a little bit, pour a little bit of water, the water, of course, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and um, when we got here in 1995, um, 
You were ready to be a pastor's wife. Even if you didn't think you were, Mm -hmm. you were who God made you for that very moment. And too many of us as Christians, we're on the potter's wheel. We can't see where we're going and we want to know where we're going. I'm not going to go any more round and round on this wheel until I know what we're going to be. God says, just trust me. And see, that's why this whole thing, Ephesians 2.10 especially, that he's created us for work that he's prepared for us to do. We're being prepared for that which is prepared for us. Mm -hmm. And if we try to short-circuit or circumvent that process, then we're going to miss out on on the shaping, the molding. Um, You know, we may want to be a beautiful vase, God says, but I'm going to make you a bowl. Mm -hmm. We may want to be... Um, um, something that holds a flower and God says, no, 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 I'm going to slice and dice a little bit and get you ready because I've got something much bigger, much grander for you. And because we refuse to see by faith, we're unusable. Mm -hmm. And we stay sort of stuck (laughs) where we are. Mm -hmm. And the potter's wheel is that work that God is doing all we have to do is trust him to do the work. He's the potter. We're not. We're a lump of clay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes on that wheel, like you say, sometimes he speeds it up, and the clay is going, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, it's faces like that. I wish we had camera in here. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was also in that same uh, verse you were talking that, you know, sometimes maybe more as little kids, you know, when they, they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, pastor's wife wasn't on my list. But anyway, <laughs> um, we all kind of know we were built to be something great. Um, like you are saying, God has prepared things for us to do. Um, and he sees us as great when we walk in obedience to those things. And so... Um, it was just a really encouraging study. And, and it's, it's not that we, he just sees us as, as, as brilliant or as, as perfect. Um, we, we are in the will of God. And, and letting God move us along the path to whatever it is he's going to do with us eventually mm-hmm. is a process. And I think we forget to enjoy the process. And again, that's an element of faith that we're, we're just missing out on. We, we see what we see now. Uh, we're content with what we see now. I think of the two and a half tribes that stopped on the wrong side of the Jordan because they saw that the land was good for grazing and they had had livestock. And and uh, and God was saying, "No, no, no, no! Don't get, you're going to miss out. I got so much more for you." Honestly, Paula, I, I, I it's it's a terrifying thing for me to say, but I really believe many Christians are content stopping just short of the fullness that God has for them. And that's a frightening thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good enough, Lord. I'm content. I've gotten comfortable here. Mm -hmm. I can deal with this. Because I remember how it was on the potter's wheel. And I was going, ah! But you know what? We miss out on the excitement. You know, I got a a little thing on my refrigerator given to me by one of my really good friends. It says, um, go out on the limb. Isn't that where the fruit is? So, in other words, take a risk. And so, you know, and you know, I'm married to to you, and so that's a risk in and of itself. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I get the opportunity. Um, I'm fun, aren't I? You are a lot of fun. <laughs> I told those girls, I said, God has given me a passion. It's an exciting, passionate life. <laughs> Scary at times, but so much fun because to see the Lord's hand work things out. And, you know, if you don't go, you miss out. I don't want to miss out. So I go scared. I go scared. Well, we, 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 we talked about this, I think, last Thursday's yeah, program on, on, on uh, Jonathan's Armor Bear. Mm-hmm. But, but see, that's... Um, that's the, the, the ledge that we need to be on all the time. And, and it is scary by definition, but that's why we need faith. Yeah. And when we step out on that limb and it feels a little bit shaky, mm-hmm. um, I imagine Jesus sort of standing by, giving you a standing ovation. 
because he's saying, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always uh, like to think of Peter taking that step out of the boat. And the one thing, Paul, you and I have agreed upon is that if Jesus bids us to come out in the water, we're going, and we don't want to be one of the 11 that just sat there with their mouth open saying, what is Peter doing? I can't believe you. He's walking on the water. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a, a watcher. I want to be a doer yeah. in the plan of God. Yeah. And that's why your Ephesians 2.10 mm-hmm. work is preparing you, has prepared you to uh, walk out on that ledge with me. And and you've, yeah, I can't think of a single time, though you were afraid and though you thought I was crazy half the time. No, or more. pretty much. <laughs> Every time. But, no, but you never right. said no. No. Mm-mm. You you never you never hesitated. You sucked it up and said okay. Yeah, you know why? Because the Lord's been telling me for a hundred years. Well, not maybe that. That's an exaggeration since I'm not a hundred yet. But for a while, be still and know that I am God. You know, Pastor Ron, that be still. I used to think just sit around and kind of wait, but be still is an active word. It's an active word, and and it's it's like stop, because you. Going around and around and around and around, I can be really busy. And, you know, even in this quarantine time, I was thinking, I'm not going to just sit around all the time. You know, I read my Bible, I listen to studies, but I can't just sit the whole time. So there were some times when I got, like, super busy. But the Lord was saying, okay, listen to the studies, going to church, reading your Bible, praying, but I want you to stop not doing those things, but really take it in to know. And the reason was to know that he is God. He, t- he was trying to tell me, Paula, I need you to quiet your mind so you can hear me. I want you to listen. In uh, Psalm 45, uh, and I'm, I think it's 10 and 11, where it says, for me, forget your people and your family far away. For the Lord is enthralled with your beauty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I'm quoting that right. And so, um, and so, and then the rest of it says, "Honor Him, for He is your Lord." And so, I can be so concerned with, you know, the people in my life uh, who are close by, and I can be really concerned, you know, praying for my kids or my family far away. And the Lord was saying, "I have them. I need." you to sit down and be still and hear from me because I think he's preparing me for a work that he has prepared. (laughs) (laughs) If you have any questions or comments, you can call us at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, you you just painted a great picture that I, I don't think most of us consider that in those moments when God says, be still, we're still on the potter's wheel. He's just slowing it way down. I think during this pandemic, um, he has all of us on the potter's wheel. Now, now we understand intellectually that we're always there. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a time that people, Christians, will never get back. A time when there's no reason not to have Bible studies, husbands and wives reading together, uh, family devotions, uh, a time where you can sit around with your family and talk about what God has done, a time individually where we can open the Bibles, uh, take walks with the Lord, just spend some... We have no excuse for not doing that. Mm -hmm. And that is really on the potter's wheel and because we don't see it as anything active. But your point that being still in this context is a verb Mm -hmm. and it's, it's active and it's just another stop on that wheel preparing you for a destination that God already has in heart and mind that we know nothing about. Yeah. And most of us would say, well, just show me what it is and I'll get ready. Mm-hmm. But, but God says, but how about you get ready and then I'll show you mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. because you'll be there with me. Yeah. You said, stay on the potter's wheel. That's my job. That's my role in all yep. of this. Just stay on the potter's wheel. Okay, Lord, what are you going to do? What about me? What about today? What about me? What about today? That's some of those things, Pastor Ron. You, I hear them. <laughs> what about me? What about today? When I woke up this morning, I was like, "Okay, here's another day." It was cold. It was 58 degrees. Would when, you? Well, it was upsetting to us to have our summer interrupted, wasn't it? Yes, it was. But this is what I said. 
all right now. <laughs> I'm on the potter's grill. I don't like 58. But what about me? What about today? What should I wear today, Lord? Because, you know, I'm going to be irritated if it's too cold and I didn't dress right. So uh, just I can talk to the Lord like that. And so I went outside this morning just to go check the weather. And there was a couple, you know, walking down our street. And I said, those are my people, bro. Those are your people. <laughs> well, a couple of your people yeah. said, uh, oh, I said, oh, good morning. How you doing? They're like, we're doing great. We love this weather. And I said, well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a warm weather girl. But they were like, oh, it'll warm up soon enough. I was like, well, I'm praying. But anyway, God bless you guys and go on. But yeah, no, this this was not my weather day. But what about me? What about today, Lord? And so I was able to just... You never know that little teeny bit of hi, how you doing? I'm I'm glad for you. God's blessing you. What that that could have been an opportunity for me. So the next time they come around, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, see, I said they're my people because I bump into them all the time <laughs> when I'm doing my exercises <laughs> or walking in the neighborhood and praying. And they always say, "Well, how are you doing today?" They say, "Well, I'm doing well. The hard part is almost done. I get to now spend time with Jesus, and 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 He opens doors to." to witness to people and share with them. And one of the great things about this in the last, since the, the yeah. pandemic started, was, was I've, I've met a whole bunch of Christians in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a big development yeah. in, in the sense that, you know, I can walk a couple of miles if need be. Mm-hmm. But um, I met a bunch of Christians, so um, I can pray for them mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things. But see, all of that is preparing us for what lies ahead. Yeah. Our problem is that we don't know what lies ahead. Yeah. And that's why the Bible says that we're to walk by faith mm-hmm. and not by sight. Mm-hmm. And that's being on the potter's wheel every single day. Yep. And then in Hebrews 10 where the Lord says, I want you to persevere. That's another one. And so I'm going to read a little bit. And we're going to go to the second half, but maybe we can come back to this right And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living, life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. This is my favorite part. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. And I'll just stop right there because on uh, Monday we finally had— Give the the Oh, that's Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Sorry. But on Monday we finally had the prayer breakfast again Uh at our house. And Pastor Ron, it was so sweet. The ladies were crying being <laughs> being back together. It's been seven months probably or, or more. I don't know. Um, we didn't have one. Uh, well, no, the last one was before our women's retreat. So that was March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six months. And uh, one lady prayed, I'd rather be sick than miss the fellowship ever again. I was like, okay then, girl. She said, no, 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 it was not good for me. And so we just had a really wonderful time. But we can pray because we have a high priest, great high priest, who rules over God's house. We can go right into his presence with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, because we all know we're guilty. Mm. We, we, our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And so... It was just a sweet and wonderful time. You know, Lord, forgive us of our sins, you know, and give us the prayers you want us to pray. You should have heard these ladies praying for um, their families, our church, you, our world, the leaders of our country. I mean, it was just the best. You know, Paula, with um, with everything that's going on in the world, um, the one thing that we need to do is pray, mm-hmm. if, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I repent publicly uh, for, for stopping prayer meetings. Now, we, we, we've been back to our Saturday morning corporate prayer yeah. um, and, and now back to our once-a-month ladies' prayer breakfast. Mm-hmm. But, but this is another opportunity to pray with people. And, um, you know, it's, it's troubling to me as a pastor that 
people aren't flocking to these prayer meetings. Tomorrow is the anniversary of 9-11. Everybody was sufficiently scared that they ran to prayer. They ran to church. Um, with this, they're running away. Mm-hmm. And every single Christian... Now, now, I realize we live in a, a busy world. Nobody should be at prayer every time. You and I are because we, mm-hmm. we, we run it. But, but um, everybody should be there sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in a time where people are afraid. They don't know what the future holds. Our nation is in upheaval. Mm-hmm. We ought to be with other Christians praying. And to hear that lady say that, I'd rather be sick than miss the fellowship of prayer. And they all said amen. Yeah, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got 30 minutes left in the date day show, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'd love to have your calls. Paula looks really smart today, so whatever's on your heart, just ask. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't have time to call into the Word to Stand On for Life? No problem. If you've got questions, you can email them to Pastor Ron at PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show on this September 10th day, 340-9585. Paula? Yeah? You said you had something else to say. I have to say happy birthday to baby Nehemiah. He's one today. Oh, he is? Yeah. And, and Tony Evans? And Tony Evans' birthday, birthday today? Day? He's not one today. No. Thank God he's two years older than me. From somebody needs to be. Somebody needs to be. You know be. what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Last night's study I thought was really uh, very encouraging as well. Um, you know, Abraham made his... Uh, second mistake and uh, you know it was because of well because of a lack of faith but uh, his heart had been crushed um, watching the smoke just rise up after having seen like you were telling us uh, the many people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah burn burn down and um, the the loss of life I mean there's there's Archaeological evidence that it was a city of a million people or more. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And, and, and the loss of life would have been so staggering. You know, we have a tendency to read this past, like, how could he make the same mistake that he made nearly 30 years earlier uh, in, in Egypt? Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we, we have things happen in our lives that are so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, our, our, our emotions get involved, and we forget and, and, you know, any of us, we forget to check in with God. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the same dumb things that we've always been doing. Yeah. I think that's what happened to yeah. him. Yeah, I, 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 I can relate. <laughs> I can really relate. Um, and you, were, you went on to say that, um, you know, Abraham, because he was crushed, stopped praying. He stopped turning to God. He was, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he thought it was unfair or it just was so upsetting. But whenever our emotions get involved, is what you said. We I, I, I don't think. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's but okay. I, I, I don't think he was upset at God, in in the sense that we understand. Mm-hmm. How could you do this? I think he was heartbroken because remember he'd just gone through that whole negotiation. Oh, um, yeah. You'll spare the city if you, is there's fifty righteous, forty five righteous. He goes all the way down to five. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, Lord. Let me just speak one more time. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing the smoke and the sulfur rising from a devastated city, seeing the complete and utter destruction, uh, only Lot and his daughters escaped. Mm -hmm. And seeing that, all he could think about was there weren't even five. And those kind of things can trigger depression. I didn't tell the story last night, but I was thinking uh, about our church when... Years ago, we lost a, a, a young woman uh, to a murder. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, the, the question people were asking, God, how could you let this happen? She was so bright. She was so special. And 
um, um, you know, people make bad choices when they get emotional mm-hmm. and just like Abraham said to himself in the text last night, mm-hmm. instead of praying to God. And Abraham was a man whose life was characterized by altars. He was a man that enjoyed talking with the Lord. Um, he'd seen Jesus face to face on more than one occasion in a pre-incarnate appearance. And I think he was so emotionally devastated because he had the heart of God and judgment is strange to God. Mm-hmm. He was so emotionally devastated that he he um, he stopped doing what was characteristic of his life and reverted to doing what seemed sensible to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when his emotions, like us, get involved, we make really bad decisions. Instead of what we were talking about, going and, and praying because, you know, we've been washed with pure water. We forget sometimes when things don't turn out the way we think they should. Just We just forget. And um, he went on to say, this was my the encouraging thing. Uh, well, here's another one. How many sins has God prevented me from? You know, um, yeah, was was was. He kept Abimelech from taking Sarah sexually. Yeah, and um, you know that would have been uh, overwhelming for Abraham. I mean, he's already down and out because of the loss, and then his bad choice puts his wife in this horrible position. N- not just the wife. The son that's going to be born within oh, yeah. a year yeah. that he's been waiting for for 25 years. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Just because he didn't consider God? Yeah. Paul, let me ask you a question. Why do you think that Christians... I want to phrase my question carefully. Why do you think that so many of us as Christians, when something unexpected or something a little scary happens... Why do you think we immediately assume that God has just forgotten about us or left us or we forget about him instead of pressing in? Do we, do we just forget that God is sovereign? Do we forget that God uh, has been faithful even when we haven't? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think exactly that. Uh, it didn't turn out the way, for me, when, I, when I, that happens, it doesn't turn out the way I think like Abraham, negotiating all the way down to five, I'm sure he thought, oh, that's enough. That's enough. He, you know, it, it, Lord, what if there's just one? Will you spare the city? Um, but, yeah, it didn't happen. He had a, a, an expectation that this was going to turn out differently, and then when it doesn't, um, it's like, I can't believe this, is, this, this happened. Uh, we've, uh, I, you know, we've had lots of people come and say, you know, I'm mad at God because of this or this or this. I'm mad at God because of this or this or this. And, and I, I, I'm getting to that place of saying, you know, I can understand, but when we're mad at God, it's because we think he's unfair and unjust, just like he knows our future. And so, and we don't. And we're on that potter's wheel and things happen that we don't like. For instance, um, when we had the Potter people come here, and we saw a beautiful vase come up, and then, you know, we're like, ooh, that's really nice. And then he took his hand and squashed it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wah! That's what happens. I wouldn't say in that pot. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. We're, we're caught off guard, just like Abraham was caught off guard, because it didn't turn out the way we thought it would or should. And... And then we question. Yeah, doesn't that presuppose that we have a right to that expectation? Yeah. Or a right to that outcome? Yeah. Um, you know, whenever somebody says to me they're mad at God, I, as gently as I can, tell them that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. But nothing exposes our selfishness more than saying, I'm mad at you, God. Yeah. Imagine he sent his son yeah. to die for us. Yeah. He, he sent his spirit to live within us. Mm-hmm. He's got us on the potter's wheel so he can take us to the final destination mm-hmm. that only he knows about. Yeah. 
And he's been so faithful over and over and over, and yet we have a kid that goes off and makes the wrong choices or or we lose a job or we get a bad medical diagnosis, something we just think, I can't believe you let this happen to me, God. Mm-hmm. That's as selfish as humans can get. And I'm talking now about God's people. I'm not talking about unbelievers who by nature are selfish and ungrateful. Yeah. Yeah, this is Abraham we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Loved God, walked with God, saw God's hand. The father of my faith. Yeah, the father <laughs> of our faith. Yes, and yet he still made a bad choice. And this is the the encouraging thing is Abraham's bad choice. And I want to, you know, that's my kind of my gift, Pastor Ron, of encouragement. Abraham's bad choice didn't change God's mind about using him. Of course, there's consequences, and you got to get your focus back. But... Um, he still was God's prophet, and um, God was... Actually, can I change your word there? Go ahead. He, he was anointed God's prophet. This man is a prophet. Uh, there's no indication he was a prophet before that. Mm. That was just another stop on that potter's wheel that Abraham didn't know anything about. Okay. And, and he had to get through those difficult circumstances to find that out. But, but he tells Abimelech, this man is a prophet. And Abraham would have been no surprise guy in town. I was going to say, Abraham and, and Abimelech are hearing this at the same time, yeah. huh? Abraham would say, I am, yeah. I am? <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But but I think that's that's really important. That was just one more stop along the potter's wheel of Abraham's life. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, you know, Abraham could have been like so many of us. Well, I don't deserve to be a prophet. I just mm-hmm. almost gave my wife away again. Mm-hmm. And I didn't trust you again, God. I repeated the same mistake from nearly 30 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, Abraham, Paula, he just confessed yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then God could tell Abimelech, this man's a prophet, listen to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, you know, I was, I was kind of a little upset with you because I said, Pastor Ron, in my head, not talking to you because you were teaching. <laughs> You're doing my study from Monday night, you know? And so um, we're, we're exempt from uh, guilt and condemnation the moment we repent, you know? And we're, again, washed with that pure water from the Lord. Um, Here's another question for you then, Paula. If we're exempt from guilt and condemnation... Why do we do it? Why do we get... <laughs> So trapped by it. <laughs> oh, man, I need to go ask that question. Because <laughs> you know, huh? Because yeah. you can finish my sentences. Yeah, up. sometimes I can. And sometimes when you're teaching, I'll think, he thinks he knows me. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking right to me right now, you know. Um, yeah, we forget, you know, because the enemy pushes rewind and play. And all the things that we've been guilty of, I mean, uh, I... I I wonder, Sarah probably didn't, because she was a, you know, a good Christian woman. She probably never said, excuse me, pardon me, one time, two times, three times, we're done. You know what she could have said if she was just looking at circumstances, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she could have said, wait a minute, you just heard God say that we're going to have a baby this time next year. Mm Mm-hmm. It better not be a Bimelech's baby. Yeah, no, 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 because God had said it's going to be from... Yeah, Abraham's but, but, but that's what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. you gave me away. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm pressing this a little bit, the, the application. But here's what happens. When a man fails to follow God, his wife loses a little bit of her ability to trust in him for the next time yeah. and loses a little bit of respect for him. Mm. And that respect and trust is re-earned only when that man repents publicly and, and and then makes things right. And I said in the Bible study last night, Paula, that that what we don't see in the story in Genesis chapter 20, um, but he's behind the scenes in every verse, is the devil. And and he's looking for an opportunity to devour Abraham and, and doing everything that he can to keep this promised son Isaac from being born. Mm-hmm. And this was his last ditch attempt. And Abraham lived, worked right into his hands by saying to himself, I'll go down to, mm-hmm. and he ended up in Gerar. Yeah. And, and that's where, and it would be so easy for Sarah to say, well, wait a minute, this is the, 
the, my faithful husband, and now I'm so, here I am in a, a, a Bimlech's men come and take me. Mm-hmm. And you know the devil's press and rewind yeah. in her mind. Yeah. And a lot of ladies out there are thinking that same thing. You know, it says, wives, submit to your husbands in everything. And so now Sarah's submitting to her husband saying, he's my brother, he's my brother, he's my brother. You know, they both are compromising there. Half lies are full lies. Half lies are full <laughs> lies. He's my brother, he's my brother. When, you know, step up. Tell the truth. You know, and so, anyway. When we repent, though, this is my, because I'm, you know, trying to encourage people. God puts us right back in the middle of his will. See, that, that's why you're his poem. <laughs> No. You, you understand your gift. Now, you have a lot of gifts, but, but your overarching gift is encouragement. Yeah. So encourage. Thank you. Yeah. So no more guilt, no more condemnation, because we all make mistakes, all of us. And some have greater consequences than others, but uh, it's just still the same God, First John 1, 9, if we are faithful to um, confess our sins, he is faithful just to forgive us of our sins, and this is my other favorite thing, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when the enemy comes along and tries to heap the guilt and the condemnation, you could say, no, 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 because we've been washed with that pure water. Mm-hmm. Our guilty consciences have been, have been cleansed. Um, Imagine, now this may be too graphic for the radio show, but as you were saying that, I just got a picture of a toilet being flushed. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, if he promises to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, why is it that we have so much difficulty just sort of metaphorically flushing that toilet and letting it all go down the drain? Yeah. I think... That's my gift, pictures. That, there you go. <laughs> you, that's a good one. Because you, you do paint really good pictures. Um, but do you think... And I think I think maybe this is an issue that a lot of people have too, is they're so comfortable with the pain and possibly so good at staying condemned, maybe sometimes on purpose, so they don't have to move. Maybe like that two and a half tribes. Um, I don't know. I'm just maybe that just came up. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just think Paul that we get used to. Um, feeling bad about ourselves, we believe the lies of the enemy who is an accuser. Mm-hmm. We believe the unfair, horrible things that other people say about us. Um, we're looking for self-esteem instead of Christ's esteem. Mm. And, and, and in our flesh, there's nothing to esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, we, we would prefer earthly stimulation than heavenly stimulation in that sense. And I think we just get used to carrying around those burdens. I think of Christian and Pilgrim's Progress. You know, he starts out, he's just like everybody else, a young man, got a little tiny bump on his back um, that's, that's, that's sin, and he knows it. But as he walks through his own potter's wheel, um, that burden gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it isn't until it falls off that he realizes he's free. And there's a lot of people walking around carrying around a burden that Jesus has already removed. You know, when somebody loses a leg, amputation, mm-hmm. there's phantom pain. Yes. Well, I think when Jesus does the spiritual surgery mm-hmm. and he takes away all the guilt and all the con- condemnation and purifies us from all, not some, all unrighteousness, uh, I think many of us as Christians, we're still carrying around that phantom guilt and phantom condemnation. And that separates us from God and it plays right into the hands of the devil who just as he was with Abraham in the study last night, he is always looking for an opening in our lives as well because he wants to condemn. He wants to make sure that no fruit comes from our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in Abraham's case last night, he wanted to make sure that that baby wasn't born. Uh, That would be a baby that would change the world forever and ever. And um, for uh, us, he, he wants us um, to be in a place where we cannot live that fruitful life that Jesus promised, the abundant life. Yeah. 
that Jesus promised. Yeah, and Abimelech, you know, an unbeliever, he says to Abraham, <laughs> basically, and you call yourself a Christian. Yeah. What did I do to deserve this, he said. Abraham should have been like, I said, you deserve hell. <laughs> but, but, but see, Abraham knows he did too. Yeah. But for the grace of God. Yeah. And Abimelech could never know the grace of God. But, but he compromised his witness. Not just Sarah was watching, mm-hmm. but people were watching. And Abraham was a famous man then. And everybody been, knows because I mean this is everybody been for, blessed by God, yeah. and yet the people around him would have known that he humiliated humiliated himself in the eyes of Abimelech, yeah. king of Gerar. Yeah, man, have you ever been pointed finger at and somebody say, and you call yourself a Christian? Oh, you know I have. Oh, yeah, but. As as a new Christian, um, I did something so awful, knowing it was wrong the whole time. But I was such a new Christian that I didn't know what else to do. Mm. So I reverted back to my worldly knowledge and worldly ways. And um, it was a process over a period of time. And finally, when that process was settled, the, the guy that I wronged, he looked at me and said, and you call yourself a Christian. And all I could do was say, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I hope one day maybe you'll be able to forgive me. And I, I did, it wasn't an excuse I was making, but I told him, I know what I did was wrong. I just didn't know what else to do. And I'm so sorry mm-hmm. I made this choice. Mm-hmm. And um, that is the only time somebody's been able to say that to me and be justified in saying it. Mm-hmm. And it strips you bare naked yeah. before people who don't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and it was a it was a life-changing moment for me. Yeah. It was so awful and I was so wrong. And I tried to take the righteous road, you know, through most of it, which made it even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one sentence and you call yourself a Christian. Yeah. It was the worst thing ever. Yeah. Sorry, baby. I didn't mean to put you on the no, spot. But. No, I, I did. That, oh, that's okay. that's just the way it was. Okay. Uh, I've had people accuse me of things. I'm a pastor. You're going to get accused of a lot of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, all the other times I've been able to say, Lord, I, I got this. I'm not guilty. You know it and I know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that time, mm-hmm. I was Abraham before Abimelech. Yeah. yeah. It was awful. Yeah. We got just under five minutes, Paul. For that's, the rest that's great. I want to encourage another group of people before we go because I know a lot of pastors listen to this show and I'm not trying to beat anybody up or anything but um, in John 21 Jesus after breakfast Jesus asked Simon Peter Simon son of John do you love me more than these yes Lord Peter replied you know I love you then feed my lambs Jesus told him Jesus repeated the question Simon son of John do you love me yes Lord Peter said you know I love you then take care of my sheep Jesus said A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So for anybody who's so afraid like Abraham was and took the wrong road, um, it's time for us to, all of us as leaders, to stand up, and I'm including myself because there have been some things that um, people have said and I've not reacted, but I've not responded either. There's a difference. I could react in fear or anger in my flesh, and I didn't do that, praise God, but I didn't respond in um, saying, I love you, but what you just said or what you just did is wrong. And so... um, for pastors who have closed their churches, they're not feeding their people. Um, Jesus said, do you love me? And so Pastor Ron didn't know I was going to say this. He's not. He never puts me up to saying or doing anything at all. He knows I'm me, and he allows me to be me. Um, but the Lord put these scriptures on my heart when I went home this afternoon and praying before I came to the studio, and um, 
for all of us who are in leadership, who do we love, ourselves or Jesus? Who are we going to follow, us? Are we going to follow the sheep or are we going to lead the sheep? Jesus said, feed my lambs. So that's all i got to say. Yeah, he said, tend my flock. He didn't say compromise for the sake of unbelievers. And um, you said it perfectly. I, I don't need to add anything else. But pastors, your churches are closed and your people are hurting. They're coming here. Yeah, some, some of them are coming here. Coming here, but but they're they're hurting. They're they're depressed. They're having suicidal thoughts. Uh, they're afraid. The enemy is pounding them, and um, they need you. They need the fellowship of the body. Church is not an online experience. The church is people using their gifts. The church is hugging. Now, hey, I understand we're not going to do that now under these circumstances, but but that. Contact is so vital for our flock's health. Um, I know I have time to take. We used to take the fleas off our dog when we first got to Texas, one by one. One by one. Um, pastors, we need to take the fleas, the ticks, yeah. off of our people. We need to be back in church. Open the doors. It doesn't matter what any government agency says. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. Um, Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And I'll be back, Lord willing, tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. God bless you. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.